who's ready for some word this morning? Amen. Amen. I know that, that's pretty weak. I said, who's ready for the word this morning? Amen. All right. If you do, if you have your Bibles, open those up to 1 Samuel chapter 16 this morning. The last seven or so weeks, we've been talking about charged. And this, this message is, I would say, uh, it's not part of the series, but it is somewhat of a sequel to it. And it may be a future uh, series. But this message is somewhat of a sequel to it because I'm going to be referring to some of those things that we've been talking to uh, or talking about these last uh, seven weeks. Uh, but today, I'm going to, we're going to talk about David in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16 uh, today. And as I said, we may break these down even more in the upcoming weeks um, about what God uh, kind of has been showing me these last few weeks and last couple of months in prayer is I have been praying for God to really send some leaders in this house. And I don't believe, and I really don't think that God has to send those leaders. I believe a lot of those leaders that we are looking for are right here already. They're, they, they, they've just been waiting to be developed and they've been waiting to step in. And I want to talk to you uh, kind of what some things that I, uh, while, while reading this passage of scripture and kind of tell you a little bit about my heart and some things that I would like to see. So First uh, Samuel chapter 16, we will be there just a moment. But I want you to understand that there are people, um, <clears throat> not a person, but people in this room today that you have never thought of yourself as a leader. You've never thought of yourself as a leader on your job. You've never thought of yourself as a leader. Uh, and you really have never really thought that you could be a leader in, in, in an organization like this, a church. But there are people that are in this room today from various backgrounds, from various generations that God is doing something with right now, that God has been doing something with in these last few weeks that we've been talking and speaking about charged, that God has been doing something in your heart privately, privately in your heart, in your private prayer closet, in your private devotion time that maybe you have not even shared it yet. It's been so private that no one has really noticed the work that God is doing. It's been so private in your prayer time that you've not, maybe have not even shared with anyone anyone what God has been speaking to you about. And, but, but it is something that is so big that is going to impact the kingdom of God in such a way. And it is going to impact, not only impact the kingdom of God in such a way, but it's going to take, uh, it's going to do something positive for Legacy Church in a whole new level. Can somebody say amen this morning? Notice that I did not say that there was a person or a, a, a person, but I said that there are people, multiple people in this room that I believe that maybe you've seen yourself as somewhat unqualified or you thought that you may not look the part, undignified or something, but, but there is something inside of you that God has been pruning and you really don't even know what it's for. And then God is, is stretching you for moment. He's stretching you for right now. And the world has not even noticed the work that God is doing in you yet, but God is about to take you from a follower to a leader. Amen? God is going to take you from someone who's been sitting on the sidelines to someone who is leading groups of people. See, it is my desire, my goal, my dream, uh, as far as pastor of, of Legacy Church is concerned, that every week, 
my main focus to be so focused on a few things that, that, that we can execute those things so great. And there are other leaders that are executing other areas of ministry in the church because I do believe that that is the way that God intended for the church to operate. He did not intend for one, two, three people to be hands in everything, but he designed it because we the word says that we are all part of the body. Amen? We all have our functions. We are all part of the vine. And we all have our gifts and our talents and our strengths and our weaknesses. How many of you have been in the Enneagram class the last couple of weeks? And, and we've been, it's, it's, it's been like group therapy, hasn't it? We've been facing our issues. We've been finding out who we are and who we think we are and who we really don't want to be inside of us. Can somebody say amen? It's just been like group therapy. If you've missed it, you really, you, you, I hope you can sign up maybe the next time. It's just been like group therapy for everybody. Everybody's sharing their things and just who they are and, and what God is doing inside of them. But it's really my goal as a pastor. It's my dream as a pastor that every week my main focus to be creating life-changing messages relaying life-changing vision and growing life-changing leaders. That is what I want my focus to be every week. Uh, as, 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 as I come in here every week and prepare, I want, my, I want my main focus to be circulating around those three things, creating life-changing messages, relaying life-changing vision to our leaders, and growing life-changing leaders, which, which are the people that are sitting here today. And I've been praying and asking God, you know, how is this possible what 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 well, what are things that we need to shift? What where are areas that we need to grow in? And now in our current structure, it's it, it can be somewhat difficult with so many volunteers in my hands and Sarah's hands have to be in so many different ministries because people are asking for this and can we do this and and and, and how do we go here? And all of that's great. That's just the stage that we are in. But how how do we shift structures? How do we get ready for the growth that God is sending us? Amen. Because I see so many churches. Churches, when God blesses them, they, they're not ready for the growth. And then the growth that God sends, it leaves because they just were not prepared for that. So as a leader, I'm constantly looking at least six months ahead saying, God, what can we do to better prepare ourselves? And as I pray about these things, God continued to say, it's going to be in the basics. It is going to be in the basics. This series of charts has been about the basics. He continues to say, it's going to be in the basics. Your leader will be formed in the basics. They will be formed in the word, through prayer, through fasting, through giving, through worship. They will be prepared through the basics of, 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 of everything that we've been talking about. And in this season, I've been asking God, how can we prepare for that open window that we talked about last week? What can we do? And he continues to say, guess what? It is going to be in the basics. How many of you know the, 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 the greatest structures in the world, the greatest organizations, the greatest churches in the world, that the, 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 the that they had to make some tough choices along the way, that they really had to stand back and say, what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong and what can we shift? Because you've got to understand, you cannot move into your destiny without first moving out of comfort. 
Hmm. You will not be able to move into your destiny without first moving out of comfort. And in my prayers and study, I've just been hearing him say, look, get, get to the basics. And that's what these last seven weeks have been. And he says, because the basics, guess what? It will take your average Joe into a leadership hero. He says, if the, the basics, he says, if, if the people would just get into the basics, I can turn pouting Patty into problem solving Patty. He said, I can do all of these things. Can somebody say? say amen this morning. If we would just get to the basics that we've been talking about these last few weeks, how do we get the right people in the right seats on the bus? God continues to say it will be through the basics. God has been rearranging lives in this room for a purpose because he wants you to achieve your purpose. And God has been showing people that there is life after divorce. God has been showing people that there that you still have a purpose even after that loved one has passed away. But, but, but you have been called for such a moment as this. You have been anointed for a time as this and that you need to stay charged up in the word, charged up in, in, in the power of the spirit, charged up through worship, charged up through fasting and prayer. So when God says it's your time, he can release you. Amen? Because without, because you got to understand, what the devil cannot destroy, he will distract. What the devil cannot destroy, he will distract you. When you, when, 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 when you are in a plan of God, if he cannot destroy it, he will distract you. He will send something to distract you. And, but, but that is when we've got to stay charged. That is when we got to get to the basics so, so we understand that, hey, that's just a distraction. I'm on the right path. That, 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 that person is just a distraction. See, I think about David when, when, when I'm when I'm going through this process uh, in my head and I think about his process, how he started in a field and got all the way to the palace, his process of life and the highs and the lows and the moments when his battery was full and in the moments when it seemed like his spiritual battery was dead and it seemed like he had even forgotten who God was. I think about the seasons between his highs and his lows and how the devil tried to destroy him through all of the these distractions that came in his life. And I think about how he started in that field long before he ever got to a palace. And today I believe God is saying before, standing before us saying, guess what? You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. You're going to have distractions, but stay charged. Don't lose heart. Don't lose your spiritual battery. Stay plugged up through the basics. And, and you may be in a field today, but I can move you from glory to glory. I've got a palace in your future. I've got a destination before you. Amen? 1 Samuel 16. There was a king named Saul, and everything seemed to start out just fine. But suddenly, he started doing things his own way. Huh. And Samuel thought, everything's going good. Samuel thought, everything's nice. The king's doing well until God speaks to him and says, you need to go find a new king. God tells him to go to find uh, and, and, and anoint a new king because what we have to understand is that when someone is doing it their own way, God cannot fulfill their purpose and what God wants to do with them on earth. 
And he says, look, he's doing something his own way. It's not in line with my will. So you've got to go to Jesse's house, and you've got to find the next king. So he went to Jesse's house to find the next king, and this is where we start in 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. It says that when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. Can we say amen? People look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Aren't we glad that God looks at the heart this morning? And in verse 8, it says, Then Jesse called Abinadab. Aren't you glad your name is not Abinadab? And he had him pass in front of Samuel. This is his son. And Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by. Aren't you glad your name is not Shema? But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all of the sons that you have? He said, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. But he's out tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. He will not, we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Let's look at some things this morning about his life today. And these are things that I really want you to understand. And these are things I want you to understand about what God uh, uh, has been saying to me. And it's some steps that I believe that God is going to do in your life. So if you are in one of these steps, know that something greater is for you. These are things I want you to understand about God elevating you, about God taking you from a new where you are to a new glory. These are things I want you to understand uh, what I think God has been doing in this last year in Legacy Church in some of your life. The first thing I want you to understand in your notes is the principle of private approval. The principle of private approval. This is the part of the process really a lot of, the, a lot of these things today, but people really don't like this part of the process because with process, guess what? With process, there must be patience. With process, there must be patience. This goes against modern culture, this private approval. This goes against modern culture because modern culture says, as soon as something happens to you, you need to tweet about it. As soon as something happens to you, take a picture and show the world. Uh, update your Insta story. Tell everybody what's going on. Show the world what is happening now. God is preparing you in private. Guess what? So the public will not destroy you. Because a lot of times, the plans that God speaks to us, if we were to go public with immediately, the public would destroy us. Can somebody say amen? There are people every day out in, in social media world telling everybody their dreams that they should not be telling. 
There are some dreams that you have, guess what, that you should, that you should tell no one. There are some visions that God gives to you that you should never share with people. Because God is doing something in private to prepare you before you go in public. See, we are like seeds. And guess what? The seed cannot sprout on top of the earth or out in public. But the seed starts to take root and really starts to sprout when it is put into a private place deep down into the earth. See, don't mistake your private season where no one is as, as, as abandonment by God. Because so many times God will allow us to be in private places and where it feels like where it feels like we have been abandoned, but it's really a place, a season where God is wanting us to take root for something. Private approval. So many people do not like it, but we are like that seed because we don't sprout on top of the ground. But we, but like the seed, we really don't take root and we really don't start to break through until we have been put in private places before we can sprout. And this is the culture. Everybody puts everything out into the world to know. And guess what? The world starts dissecting before they ever should. Look at the scripture. Jesus is being born. Do you want to know when it is easiest to kill a dream? Right when it's born. You want to know when it's easiest to lose hope? Whenever you've not seen that vision talk yet, You've not seen your vision walk yet. You've not seen any legs on your vision. You've, you've seen nobody come to, to, to support your vision. And all of a sudden, it is so immature that it is easiest for the enemy to kill your vision when it's really immature, when it's, when it's really a baby. The scripture, Jesus is being born. And guess what happens? Word goes out to kill every child, every, 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 every young baby that is being born. Why? Because the enemy knew if he wanted to kill the king, it was easiest to do it whenever, whenever he was a baby. So he sends words out. God is trying to do something for you in private so the public will not dissect you. He wants to do something in private for you with these basics that we've been talking about. When you feel like nobody there, when you feel like nobody's watching, when you feel like nobody cares, God wants to do something for you in the private places before he ever goes public with you. And you've got to understand this principle. Do not worry if they do not know about you. Do not worry what they don't know. They are not God. You don't owe it to them to tell them everything. Amen? Do not worry about what they say. David's own daddy didn't even mention his name. Isn't that crazy? In verse 11, so he asked Jesse, are these all of the sons that you have? Are these all of your sons? And he says, well, there is still the youngest. He doesn't say his name, but guess what? He's out there with the sheep and the goats. His own father did not even say his name. He had called all of these crazy names out, but he would not call David's name. But guess what? Samuel sent for him and anointed him in front of his family. The word says that he marked him by putting oil on his head. He gave him the mark of the king. And guess what he did? As soon as he got the mark of the king and the oil on his life, guess what he did? He went back into the field. Huh. He went back into a private place because it still was not his time. It still was not his moment. And that, whenever, see, it is so hard to know that you've got a dream inside of you. 
and you've got some oil on your head, but it's not time yet. That's when the devil will send distractions to destroy you. Whenever you're out in a field somewhere, dripping in oil, and nobody can understand your dream, nobody will see your vision, Nobody cares about that prophetic word that somebody gave to you. You were out in a field by yourself dripping in oil and all of a sudden you will find yourself in a place. That is when the devil will send his distractions to destroy you. Amen. When you are in the field knowing you got some oil but no one else cares. No one else No one else even notices you. The only thing that they are looking at is you and they're saying, guess what? He will never amount to nothing. Guess what? Guess what? Look at her. She's going to be just like her mother. She's going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. She's going to be just like the generations. And that's when you've got to keep standing there, covered in the oil that God put on your head, knowing that you've been marked for something greater. And there are people in the room who God is marking, and he is doing something in the private places so that man cannot even see it yet. But if you don't even remind yourself of what God is doing and where he's taking you, you will be caught up in the distractions, and he will try to destroy you. You've got to understand this principle this morning, the principle of private approval. The second thing I want you to understand this morning is the principle of posture before position. Posture before position. Although he was anointed, guess what? He did not receive his position and title immediately. And that's hard. What if you got a call today saying, you've just been promoted but it's not active until six more months. Do you know how hard that would be? Do you know how hard that would be if someone called you and said, you've got the job, but I'm sorry, you can't come in until four more months? Do you know how hard that would be? It would be really, really hard. And some of you would say, well, that job's not for me. Hmm. Some of us would say, well, 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 I don't want that promotion there because, because I, can't, I can't wait this thing out. And after he was anointed, guess what? He was sent back to the sheep and the goats. Some of you, guess what? Some of you are going to receive a touch this morning. Some of you have been going through some things all this week that where you felt God was downloading something in you. And guess what? Tomorrow morning, you're going to go to the goats that you work with. Can somebody say Amen. You're going to feel God do something, but then God's going to put you right Monday morning in the goats. There's going to be a goat in the cubicle next to you. Can somebody say amen? See, because, see, because listen, how you handle yourself in the waiting is a good indicator of how you will handle yourself in the battle. How you handle yourself in the waiting is a good indicator to God of how you're going to handle yourself whenever you are in front of a battle. Because if you lose your mind in the waiting, you will definitely lose your mind on the battlefield. If you lose your mind whenever nobody's even around you, you're going to lose your mind when everybody's calling out your name and leadership. See, because how you handle yourself in the waiting is an indicator of how you will handle yourself in the battle. What if the thing that has been holding you back from advancing is your bad posture Mm. what if the thing that has been holding you back from advancing is your bad 
posture. It could be a bad attitude, the, bad, the, the, the way you talk about people, the way you treat people. What if your posture is the thing that is hindering your advancement? What if the way you are carrying yourself in the waiting is keeping you from achieving something in public? Because you've got to understand, because you thought the waiting season was like this, where you're looking, I'm just waiting, God, when is it? God, when are you going to send me a man? God, when are you going to send me a job? God, when are you going to give me this? God, when are you going to open that door? You see, you thought the waiting season was like that, but what if God was calling you to a waiting season that was like this, where you are waiting on people, you are going around serving, you've got your towel over your arm. See, you've been looking, you thought the waiting season was like this. Sometimes God's waiting season is like this, where you are serving people. And he says, all of a sudden... The posture of this and the posture of serving, it is so different. God, what can I do for you? God, how can I serve you? God, I know I'm in a waiting season. God, but what can I do in this moment? See, some of you, some of you need to continue to serve in kids' ministry. Some of you, some of you need to sign up for kids' ministry. Some of you need to sign up for anything. See, and then and, 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 and some of you thought, well, I used to work in the parking lot, but you know, I've already got oil on my head, so I can't work in the parking lot anymore. No, no, you've got to understand. God is calling his people to a waiting season where we are serving. That is the waiting season where we are serving. Keep telling people about God from your cubicle because the waiting season should be the busiest season of your life. And we have confused waiting with sitting down instead of up. Luke 16 tells us because guess what? If you can be faithful with the little things. If you can be faithful in the waiting seasons of your life, I will give you even bigger things. I will put you over multitudes. But if you can't handle the little things, if you can't handle opening a door for guests as they walk by, how can I give you a ministry? How, if, you can't, if you can't say hello at the door, if you, can't, if you can't direct somebody into a parking lot, how can I give you a ministry? Huh. God says, look, there are some things about this that, that's so basic. He said, but if you would just get these things, I can move you to a new level. The principle of posture before position. The third thing I want to talk to you about today. I've got like seven of these, but I know I'll never get through them, just so you know. The principle of obedience leads to opportunity. The principle of obedience leading to your opportunity. Get this. If you keep reading through the scripture, Saul, the present king, calls for David that he don't even know has oil on his head to take his spot and ask him to come into the palace. So now it's like David is part of the palace. He's not over the palace yet. And this is where a lot of us will say, well, look, I know you want me to the palace, but I'm not coming to the palace. Like, I'm supposed to be the next king. I'm not coming to the palace until I'm the king. But David, in his humble manner, the king calls for him to play his harp for him. So David moves into the palace with the king and with his harp, and he's serving the king, the king that is really jealous of him and will literally try to kill him in just a moment. And while he has been elevated to serve in the palace, guess what? He is still going back to the field. Isn't that interesting? It's one of those 
Never forget where you came from moments. He keeps going back to the field. Why? Because there is something that he still needs to be learning in the field before he can ever go public with what God has called him to do. He gets a call from his father, a text in the Bible. His father is texting him saying, hey, hey, come on over. Your, Your brothers are hungry and they're out in the field. And he goes and he brings the food to his brothers, which are standing in front of Goliath. And the whole army is. And he brings, he stops playing in the palace, goes back to the field to feed his brothers. A real servant heart here. And see, uh, some of us would, would have rejected the moment. Sorry, daddy, but you know, I'm in the palace now. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not going back into the field. But with his lowly manner, he humbled himself and went back to serve his brothers. See, there are times when God wants to see if you still have your humility. There are times when God really wants to see if you still have your humility. And David, here he is in a field. There's an army there. The army is frozen on the sidelines. And here he is, he comes in, he humbles himself, and he begins to serve. But his obedience led to his opportunity. What promotion are you missing because you will not obey God? His humility led him to the place where he's about to be noticed in public. Where his ministry is about to really start. And that goes to number four. Obstacles are for your advancement. Obstacles are for your advancement. You would never advance if it was not for an enemy. Hmm. You would never advance if you did not have enemies. There is, this is where, this stage right here, this is where a lot of people quit. But this is also the stage where the people with the oil get excited. Because we are in a generation that we no longer know how to approach obstacles. We just quit. I don't like it, I'm going to quit. It's tough, I'm going to quit. I don't like my boss, I'm going to tell him off. I'm going to send a dirty email, I'm out of here. I'm gonna, you can text anybody your opinion. You can go on Facebook and quit. You can go on Facebook right now and you can review Legacy Church. You can write the ugliest review you you have ever seen. You don't have to put your name on it. And it's there the rest of our Facebook life. That's the way life is set up. You can go on Google and give a Google review and just tear somebody up. Not even have to sign your name. That is the way our world is. And you can just give the worst review ever. People do it every day. That's the way. We don't know what to do with obstacles, but people with oil, they get excited when an obstacle is in front of them because we are in this generation. We don't know how to approach obstacles. Get this. David walks out on the field to feed his brothers. The army is frozen in despair over this giant. They, they've already quit. It's too big. Why? Because they have no oil on them. And even, even, even guess what? He has the nerve to say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's just looking at 
now. Like he, he's like, he's like, he's like Uber Eats. Like he's out dropping out food and he looks at them. He says, who is this uncircumcised? Why are you scared of this man? Do you not have oil on your life? Have you not been called for this moment? Little David out here with nothing but some stones. He's out here saying, what? What's going on? He says, why are, you, why are you so scared of this uncircumcised Philistine? Those were fighting words in the day. He's getting ready to take care of business. Everyone is looking him, this little guy who's a nice looking guy. He's been out in the fields. He knows how to play a harp. He looks like a sissy to all of these people. And now, guess what? Now he thinks he's going to fight this giant. This is crazy. And now... Where the thousands took a step back because they saw an obstacle. David, with his oil, takes a step up because he sees an opportunity. How many times have we taken a step back because we saw an obstacle when God was wanting us to take a step up because it wasn't actually an opportunity? And here he is, everybody stepping out, back, he's stepping up. Obstacles and opportunities, guess what, are almost the same thing. It just depends on who's on your side. Obstacles and opportunities look almost identical. It all just depends on who is fighting for you. Because when you face the obstacles of a doctor's report, Mm -hmm. that's when God says, no, this is actually an opportunity. Because why? Because I am your healer. When you find the obstacle of people lying and gossiping about you, guess what? That's when God says, no, this is actually an opportunity. Step forward. I am your defender. When you face the obstacle of finances, that's when God says, no, 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 this is not an obstacle. This is an opportunity. Step forward. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. And they are all looking at David. Like, how, how and why are you stepping up? You don't even have the skills to take down the giant. And David was like, no, no, see, 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 you don't really understand where I've been. You don't understand I've been out in the field. You don't understand where I've been. I've been in the field all by myself. And it's, it's just been preparing me for this day. See, you've been up here in the parties. You've been up here dancing. And you've been up here. Everybody's, you've been, you, you've been invited to things. Nobody knew I was in the field. My own daddy wouldn't even say my name. See, but when I was out in the field alone God was preparing me for something for a moment such as this and when no one invited me no one was texting me no one was putting me on their insta story I was out in the fields all about by myself and guess what an obstacle appeared and guess what it was a bear a bear appeared to me out of nowhere and guess what I took it down and guess what when I thought everything was great guess what happened next a lion came and that's when I learned how to use some stones in a slingshot and now the distraction is nothing for me because of what I learned in the private times do you understand the necessity of you being in private seasons and why you may see an obstacle but God but but whenever you've been in private seasons and whenever you've got just a little oil on your head you don't see an obstacle you see an opportunity and he's standing there he did not step back he stepped toward the thing that was threatening him because he knew no weapon formed against him shall prosper. Because that is what he learned out in the fields. That's what he learned in private. And all of this started with a little boy in a field with a little bit of oil on his head.
All of this started with a little boy in a wide open field with just a little oil. And in that moment, when he took down Goliath, everybody said, he's the next guy. They didn't notice him when he's in the field. But because of a posture, because of these things we've talked about today, because of what he learned in private times, God took him to a new glory, to a new level, all because of the oil, and all because of his obedience, and all because of his posture. Can we stand up this morning? Think about this. What if David had been in the place where he was in the moment and said, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going back into the field. No, no, no. I'm not going back into the field. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. God has already taken me to a place. But what if he had said no to his father? He would have never had the opportunity to show a nation what God had been doing in him and through him in private. I know for a fact that there's a lot of people because you've shared it with me about what God's been doing with you in private. And you may be a little distracted by it because you don't understand what's going to come out of it in public. But I encourage you right now that what you are going to be doing in your private times, that will be what is going to advance you to a new level that is going to be what is going to advance you. That's what's going to take you to a new glory. That is what is going to take you to a new place. What you do in your private. I cannot express to you how important it is for you to get private time with the Lord. We've been talking about it for seven weeks now and when you get to this basic stuff when you plug yourself in when you get to the place where you know that God is your source of power when you get to the place where you are plugging into the word and when you get to the place with, with your faith and you get to the place where you are praying and you are fasting and you are worshiping, he says, in those moments of private, that's when I'm preparing you for something to go public with. But I can't take you anywhere else until you've done something in the private places of your heart. I can't, I can't go any further than that. 
God, I pray over each and every person today. Come on, let's bow our heads today. I pray over each and every person today. God, these last few weeks, we've been talking about the basics. And what we've been doing may seem like it has had no, it's not been productive in our life and we feel like we've been in a season of just privacy and we feel like we've been in a season in a field all by ourselves when no one even knows our name. It feels like we've just been out here praying by ourselves. We've been reading by ourselves. God, but I believe right now, God, that your presence is telling somebody that you're preparing them for something even greater, that you're preparing them for something even greater, that, that they've been waiting, looking at their watch. God, but you want them to wait serving you. God, there is something about this season, God, that they've been in. God, I pray, God, right now that your goodness and your mercy in the private seasons of life leads us to opportunities. That whenever we see obstacles, we don't turn away, but we go toward it because it is an opportunity, God. Thank you today. Let's sing this this morning. by the Spirit in a few weeks. But it was symbolic of an anointing. And there are a lot of purposes for the oil. And like I said, I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks. But as I was preparing, I wasn't even going to talk about the oil because I knew it was coming. But God said, share this with the people. That you need the oil on your life. You need the anointing upon your life because it is a mark on your life that when the devil looks at you, he sees the oil. He sees the anointing. And then later on in life, there will be people that recognize the oil on your life. He says, you really need the oil. He said, but in the season that you are in, he said, tell the people, 
I, I, I don't know if you've ever had oil all over your hands, like olive oil all over your hands, and then you had oil all over something. You may have been marinating something, and you were trying to pick it up, and you could not grasp it. Has anybody been there? Just shake your head. Like you were, you were trying to, and, and the, whatever you were picking up had oil on it. Your hands had oil on it, and you could not even get it. He said, tell my people in this season where they are at, they need some oil on them, because what it does, it will allow you to, it will allow you to slip right through the devil's grasp. He said, it will allow you to slide through places that you never thought you would get through. When the oil is on you, Satan will try to grab you, but you won't be able to slide through places that you never thought you'd be able to slide through. The, the, the devil's snare will not be able to grasp you. The pestilence will not be able to stop you. Why? Because you're covered with the oil, and, over, and, and the oil just makes you what? Oily. It makes you like crazy. It'll just let you slide through, slide through distractions, slide through the snares of the enemy. God says, tell my people in this season of their life, they need the oil on them so the devil can't get a hold of them, so the devil can't grasp them, so the devil can't stop them. He said, they need the oil so the snare cannot grab a hold of them, so the devil's hand will not be able to grip them. He said, their life is full of distractions. This is why they need the oil in this moment. I want to pray over you this morning. If you say, you know what, I've just been in a season of my life where God is doing something in me and I just want the oil of the Spirit on me. I just want His Spirit on me. I want to be able to slide into places. God, you know what, the anointing can let you slide into rooms that, 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 that no one even opened the door for you with. It'll just let you slide into positions. It'll let you slide into places that the devil never wanted you to be. It'll just slide you into places. So you know what? I just want the oil of his spirit upon me. And this is what I'm going to do. We believe anointing and oil. And I'm just going to take a little bit and I'm just, I'm just going to mark you today. I'm going to mark you today. I'm going to mark you today. Can you just, can you just close your head and bow your, uh, bow your uh, heads with me? Close your eyes just for a moment. If you're in this place and you say, you know what? I just want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you just raise your hand? Say, I need to rededicate my life. I need to find him. I need Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I need to restart my life today. I want to pray with you anyone. You may be in this place this morning and say, you know what? I just want the oil on me. I just want to be able to go in places. I want to move from a glory to a new glory. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If your hand is up, would you just come up here? I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. Come on. Come on, let's sing it out today as they're stepping forward. Come on, come on, step on up here today. We're going to pray for you this morning. Because you are good. You are good.
what you're doing in private places today. There's no news source that knows what you're doing in private places today. There's no investigator that knows what you're doing in the hearts of your people today. God, and I pray, God, that right now, Lord, what you are doing in the privacy of the hearts of the people, God, I believe in God that you are about to begin to sprout up something inside of them, oh God, that it will break forth like the sun, like the dawning of a new day, God. And they are about to see you move in such a way that you never thought was possible, God. They never thought it was possible, God, but you knew the plans that you had for them, God. It was plans not to harm them, but plans to prosper them, God. God, let us take a new posture today. Let us take a new posture today. And there's about to be some obstacles that come into the, the hearts of these people that are here today. But they shall not be obstacles. You're about to turn them into opportunities to show us what we've been learning in the fields is about to come into fruition into our lives, God. I thank you. I thank you today. Can we just put our hands together today and thank the Lord for his goodness, for his mercy, yes, Lord. Thank you so much for being here today. Our ushers are at the door to serve you. Remember this week, love God, love people, leave a legacy. Remember next Sunday, one service. 10 o'clock. I want to see you then. God bless.